0: Mara, is it far? Still shaken, she jerked her head. No, not far. Very good. Black, fall in behind Mara. You lead, Shigel. They found it close to an underground waterfall. It lay up against rocks, half in the water. Blood smeared its chest and naked torso. Its dark eyes glittered full of intelligence and awareness, watching them as they approached, so Mara addressed it. Why did you attack us? Its half-human face wrinkled up, either in pain or annoyance. Why? it growled. Stupid question, which? It gestured a clawed hand to Skinner. You are a fool to return, betrayer. She will not be so patient with you a second time. We shall see, he answered from within his helm. Again, I ask, Mara said. Why attack? You are no match for us. It bared its teeth in something like a hungry grin. No, but our mistress has spoken. You are no longer welcome, and I'll honor our mistress. You, it gestured again to Skinner, weakly. Himatan shall swallow you. Mara frowned, troubled by what seemed a prophecy, and she crouched before it. What do you- The heavy-mottled blade of Skinner's sword thrust past her, impaling the creature. Mara flinched aside. Damn the dark deceiver, Skinner! There was something there! Well, the giant observed as he shook the dark blood from his blade. There's nothing there now. He turned away. Bring the body. The damned Thaumaturg might yet demand proof. At the cave entrance- Skinner paused, raising a gauntlet at hand to sign a halt. He regarded the wide cave floor, now as still as any placid pool. He then went to the body, which Shigel and Black had dragged all the way. Grunting with the effort, he gathered up the muscular corpse and heaved the carcass overhead and out onto the floor. As it flew, Mara flinched to hear it give vent to one sudden despairing shriek, "'cut off as it disappeared beneath the surface. "'The pool of vermin foamed to life in a great boiling froth of maggots, "'beetles, writhing larvae, and ghost-white centipedes. "'Mara turned away, nauseated. "'Skinner watched for a time, motionless, then headed for the surface. "'Passing Mara, he observed, "'You were right, stripped in an instant.' Sayeng woke up feeling worse than she had in a very long time. She was shivering cold and her clothes hung sodden and chilled. Her hair was a clinging, damp mess, her nose was running and her back hurt. Early morning light shone down through the thick canopy in isolated shafts of gold. She stretched, grimacing, and felt at her back. She'd slept curled up on a nest of leaves and humus piled in a nook between the immense roots of a tuolang tree. Her umbrella stood open over her, its handle jammed into a gap between the vines that choked the trunk. Hanu stood to one side, his back to her. Standing, Sighing adjusted her shirt and skirts, and brushed ineffectually at her matted hair. She pulled the umbrella free and closed it. Hanu turned to her. Thanks, she said, indicating the umbrella. He nodded within his helm, which glittered with its inlaid jade and lapis-lazuli mosaic. A suspicion struck her. You stood there all through the night again. He nodded, that struck her as inhuman, which made her rub her arms and look away. An ache clenching her chest. Don't you need to sleep any more? Little he signed. I'm sorry, don't deciding not to pursue that any further. She scanned the jungle. Hear anything in the night. Many things come. What's that? Many things. What? Night animals. Wild pigs. Monkeys. A fire cat hunting. Ghosts. Ghosts? What do they look like? Dancing balls. White light. Oh, them. Wanderers. Spirits doomed to search eternally for some lost or stolen thing. People greedy in life. Sometimes, though, she knew it could have been a sad affair with one hunting a lost love.